an update on real estate. Where did we end up at the end of 2020? Wendy Cole from the National Association of Realtors joins us. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. All right. How are you doing, listeners? It's great to have you back with us. Uh, obviously, this is a highlight of my day. Really appreciate you sharing your time with us. And uh, today we've got an interesting show. We're going to be talking about real estate. Given all the things that everybody's been through in 2020, I thought it was about time we gave an update on real estate for both residential and commercial properties out there and where we sit today. And to do that, we have a great guest joining us from the National Association of Realtors, Wendy Cole. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lawrence. Well, Wendy, you've got an extensive background in journalism, and uh, you know now you're working for the National Association of Realtors and Realtor Magazine. And so tell us about your role. Tell us about what you're doing today. Sure. Well, I'm the managing editor of, of Realtor Magazine, which is the bi-monthly publication that goes out to all of our members. We have 1.4 million members, which is every realtor in the country. And you know we have journalistic standards. We do we cover business news, trends, data for for the members who are all realtors. And, you know, played off of background I had uh, working for a couple of decades for Time Magazine, covered a, a wide range of topics there. And I uh, worked for the Chicago Bureau for 13 years. Things changed in 2007, and I started working for the National Association of Realtors right about when, when questions were being asked about the housing crisis then. And I remember asking my boss, what's a subprime mortgage? And that was pretty much the beginning of, of uh, a housing crisis. Kind of a trial by fire there, I guess, right? Yeah, I learned quickly and I'm still here and, and dealing with other challenges that have been very important to report on and, and understand. And, you know, our, our goal just with any any journalistic entity is to help our audience, our, our members understand the changes that are happening, particularly when times are tough, right? When, when markets are all cruising along and everybody's selling properties and making money, they don't necessarily need the kind of help as they do now when things are kind of topsy-turvy. Well, let's get into that. You know, I want to definitely start with uh, commercial uh, real estate property today. You know, obviously, you know, everybody knows that uh, business has been challenging this year in 2020 because of the pandemic, you know, and people have been working remote. So a little bit less emphasis on centralized gatherings for business purposes. And, you know, I drive by just anecdotally, I see a lot of empty parking lots on the weekends from businesses that used to be open on the weekends. And I think that, uh, you know, restaurants in particular kind of been that poster child for the lockdown, you know, here in Southern California, they were allowed to open up a little bit, but not totally. They could do, you know, outdoor dining and now that's been clamped down. So it's been a lot of open close, open close. And, uh, you know, just from that, you know, everyone's feeling it, you know, jobs and, and businesses out there. So how are we doing in the commercial real estate space? Where are we at the end of 2020? Well, commercial real estate really has had a lot of challenges with the pandemic because of the work from home movement, but that people, businesses who were, were unsure uh, how effectively and productively people could work at home have, have proven in many respects that working from home works out just fine. And, and the questions remain about whether we're ever going to return to the levels of people working in offices. So vacancies are definitely an issue. So office space and retail have been particularly hard hit in, from the pandemic and you know what's going on in the recession of the economy because people can, can shop from home. But having said that, there are brighter spots on the commercial side if, if you think about things like warehouse and industrial, because we all know those Amazon packages are, are showing up every day. And so that part of commercial has been, been doing amazingly well. But the big question marks going forward are certainly going to be what happens with office space. 
One interesting thing is that people have been reticent about entering office, built tall office buildings and elevators, right? So in the past, ground floor office space has never been as much as desirable. And is suddenly that is what, what uh, when, when businesses are relocating or, you know, even getting smaller, they're looking for ground floor office space has become more popular than ever. That is fascinating. Yeah, definitely a sign of the times for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, let's transition a little bit to residential real estate. So obviously a lot of the same problems are going to impact residential as well. You know, you've got homeowners, renters, landlords in the mix. And, you know, I read this article, uh, Times, uh, it was by the, at the Times of San Diego, an article by Matt Levin, and they reported there's $1.7 billion in back rent in California. And so obviously that's a pretty serious number, you know, and all of that impacts where we live at home. And so, you know, what do you see and kind of what's the under the hood analysis or where residential property sits right now at the end of 2020? Sure. So there's a big divide if we're talking about residential homes or houses that people own versus uh, rental properties. Sure. So the sales side of the business has been doing a gangbusters, amazing People, because they're spending so much time at home, are, and if they still are employed and have an income, are selling their homes and move, looking for bigger spaces. So while there had been a trend of people of, of, of shunning away from the, the McMansions, large spaces, now we're finding people, people are wanting larger spaces and moving away from urban areas. So that part of residential is going great. That coupled with the low mortgage rates, people can can afford more more house, bigger house than than they have in a long time. So if you're in a fortunate position to have an have an income, you know that there are more buyers than there are properties, and that is also what's what's contributing to price increases on on the residential side. So on the apartment side, very different situation where people who are renters are in many cases struggling to pay rent if they had a job loss or, or a you know reduction in in their income. Paying the rent is difficult, and many states, and we now have a federal moratorium on evictions. And from the from NAR, from the perspective of the National Association of Realtors, a more eviction moratorium sounds like a compassionate thing. It actually came from the, the CDC, right? Because you don't want people out and about in a pandemic with nowhere to live. But the owners of those properties, the landlords, they don't have the rent to pay their mortgage or their utilities and other costs that come with a building. So a big issue on the advocacy side for NAR is looking for rental assistance. And the good news is if we are on the cusp of actually getting a relief package from Congress, that is likely to have a sizable portion of of rental assistance. So NAR has really been on the side, not so much pushing for the eviction moratorium, of course, nobody wants people to lose their homes, but on on helping the the owners of properties who are not necessarily gigantic uh, apartment buildings either. It can be mom and pop, a two flat, a three flat, duplexes, with just a couple of tenants. And if those people can't pay the rent, that whole home, that whole building is gonna go into foreclosure. If we see the, the rental assistance that, that we're expecting, that is money that landlords can apply for from the federal government to subsidize the, the rent that has not been coming in. There are question marks too about whether how long the federal eviction moratorium is going to last, if that will be extended possibly till next spring, that is scheduled to end at the end of this year, it's very soon. So a combination of people being able to remain in their homes and have the money they owe their, their, their landlord land in the pockets of the landlord are both really important things that will, will keep the housing, housing more stabilized. Yeah, that's been one of the things that uh, we've covered on the show, been concerned about were these uh, eviction moratoriums. And, you know, I know here in California, we have this eviction moratorium that's extended out to the end of this 
January, but there's some talk about extending it one more time for another year. And, you know, I don't know any landlord out there that could you know, stay in business without being able to receive rental income. And so that whole notion of all debts must be paid. And you were kind of indicating this earlier, you know, if the renter can't pay the landlord, the landlord can't pay the bank note. If that bank note doesn't get paid, then the bank suffers. And if the bank suffers, they go out of business. Maybe they let some of their employees go or they try to pass that cost along to their customer base in the form of higher fees and maybe higher interest rates. But you know, I'm curious, just as a follow-up, you know, I know I talk with some of my neighbors and some of the people that live in my apartment building, you know, they've talked about, you know, some, kind of some tough job prospects and the notion of buying a property right now is probably the furthest thing from their mind. But you're talking about a hot market for homes, uh, you know, that kind of seems like there's a divide there. So, you know, who are the people buying those homes? Well, in, in we have really unprecedented uh, income gap in the, in this country, right? So you have people who are struggling to, to pay their basic bills, whether they're renters or in some cases, homeowners who, who are asking for mortgage forbearance because they can't pay their mortgage. And the people who have been fortunate enough to, to keep their employment and be invested in the stock market lately have had really good returns and they're, and, and they've, you know, have, have found their savings rates have, have gone up. I mean, it, it really is a tale of, of a mixed economy. And it depends where you're 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 at with it. And so the people who still have have income streams and jobs have the luxury of, of of being able to trade up. But as you point out, really good point is inventory almost everywhere is low. There is I can't think of any region of the country where there's surplus housing. And so it, it begs for the, the need for new construction. And that there've been a lot of supply chain issues with building new homes. If there aren't enough homes, what's the answer? You build more of them. Well, you know, we've also experienced lumber price. Lumber price has been very, very volatile since since the spring. With the pandemic, you know, the supply chain was really crushed. Home builders had had trouble getting the lumber they needed. The prices went up. There are tariffs from Canada that also made the price expensive, and that contributed to the price of home being even higher than they would would otherwise. It eased a little bit in the fall, but the latest thing I read just a day or two ago was that they're creeping up again. So certainly builders recognize that they're not going to be stuck with homes, with spec homes, that there's a lot of demand from buyers for the properties, but they can't build them fast enough for, for the demand in most parts of the country. But that is really the answer to the inventory problem, is finding the land and uh, construction companies getting to work, what, which does also raise a, a labor shortage, right? You need more construction workers. So that has been a top area of employment for people moving into who may have lost other jobs is to get into construction trades very hot area. Everything having to do with homes and real estate in terms of employment is has been a, a growth opportunity. Working in any businesses that support home remodeling, decor, window treatments, paint stores, things like that are all doing well. Well, let's close it out with some advice, some quick advice for people uh, getting involved in property. So I wanted to kind of go through a series of uh, common situations. And so I know some businesses out there that are coming up uh, on their on the uh, renegotiation of a commercial lease. They're not sure they want to proceed forward. Many people have decided not to. But for those that think, you know what, 2021 is probably looking a little bit uh, more likely than 2020. Any advice for people in mid-negotiations for a commercial lease right now? Right. Well, I think a lot of businesses may want to remain where they are, but they need to require a smaller footprint. So this is leverage that they haven't had in a long time to go to their property manager, their owner of the building to renegotiate. And uh, because the owners would certainly rather renegotiate to something more affordable, to a smaller space than lose them entirely. 
So this is definitely the, the tenant's market, if you will, to try and get a, a deal that suits them and, and allows them to be able to stay. So that's the three ends of real estate, negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's talk from the property owner's perspective. So whether it's residential or, or commercial, you want tenants in there that can uh, pay consistently. And so out there, obviously, some people have had some difficulties. Businesses have gone under. You know, I, as we said before, you know, some uh, renter residential tenants are having some difficulties too. But from the property owner perspective, you're bringing in some new potential tenants. Uh, any advice there that's special to our times today? Well, if it's a new tenant, obviously, you want to be as vigilant as you can on, on the background checks and financial credit checks. If you're talking about existing tenants who are behind, in, maybe if they haven't, re- encourage your tenants to reach out to you and not just go silent if they're having trouble and, you, and, and work out the negotiation with them. Maybe they can, it's better to pay you know, 25% of the rent than 0% of the rent, but work out some communication is, is really the key to making those tenant and owner relationships work out better. And, and you've got some tenants maybe that are embarrassed or they figure they, they can't pay the whole rent, so they won't pay any. And that can be a mistake. All right, let's flip the script a little bit. Renters, you know, renters out there, uh, we'll, we'll focus on residential here, you know, so I know some people, maybe they're having some difficulty paying their bills out there and they need to talk with their landlord about that. Any, any advice on approaching that tough conversation? Well, for one thing, they should have it. And, and, and as I said, just going silent because you're embarrassed about it is, you know, you got to go out of the comfort zone and, and talk to the landlord, most of whom will be receptive. They would rather get some rent than, than no rent. And landlords need to be aware of rental assistance programs that likely coming from the federal government, but they're also, you should check out state and local resources that can provide rental assistance. That's something both the tenant can check out themselves and certainly the landlord can, can look into that and give information to their tenant they may not know about. So check just with your, your county, your state, your city, if you're in a larger city. There are a lot of programs that are uh, helping to, to subsidize rent for people who are really in an emergency situation and can't otherwise pay bills. And lastly, you know, right now might be a good time to buy. There's a lot of, uh, from what I'm seeing, that there's some potential for some good buys out there. And, uh, you know, just for buyers out there looking to make a long-term investment, uh, what, what points and tips can you give them? Well, it's a great time for buyers in the sense that mortgage rates have been unbelievably low, historically low, and they're going to continue, looks like, for well into 2021, maybe even beyond. So if you're able to qualify for a mortgage, you could easily get that 3% or even just possibly under 3% range. Allows you to buy more home than you might have otherwise. There is going to be competition for those homes because, as we said, the inventory shortage makes it very tough for buyers. But if you are uh, have great credit and employment, if you're able to pay, do an all cash deal, you're you're king, you're queen. Because obviously, any seller would be looking much more kindly at someone who's able to pay cash, and and it makes it tougher. The ones who are really struggling now are the first time buyer getting into. The home ownership for the first time is really, really tough now, and, and prices have been have been rising. Look to the Biden administration to, that seems to be in support of a home, a first-time home buyer tax credit. So if if that comes to fruition, that will be a, a real positive for people that are trying to to um, buy their first homes. Well, Whitty, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Lawrence. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you get a chance, please subscribe directly to the show in your favorite podcasting app. It makes the show happy. And also we have some hat tips to make here. Matt Levin from Times of San Diego. 
Maury Beckman from NASDAQ, and Aaron Duffin from Statista. They wrote some great articles, which really helped with my research for this show. So thank you. Lastly, but definitely not leastly, I want to thank my team, producer Molly McDonough and our LTN crew for all their hard work. Much, much appreciated. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.